Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Joanna Shanks. I'm Emma Taylor. And this is Murder, She Spoke. Joanna tell me what you've been up to what I've been up to so I have been listening to some podcasts as usual you know I like to um to try out new podcasts one I'm actually really enjoying that is not my normal kind of thing I'm normally just all about the the true crime podcasts but as you'll know last week I told you I started listening to a podcast called Phoebe Reads a Mystery yeah it's just a basic an audiobook kind of thing and it was The Mysterious Affair at Styles, the first Agatha Christie Poirot book. Now I'm on to The Hound of the Baskervilles, which I didn't realise is Sherlock Holmes. Mm. So I'm listening to that at the moment. I started listening to another podcast, which I'm really enjoying, and it's called Small Town Dicks. And I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. It's um, Yardley Smith. She does the voice of Lisa Simpson in The Simpsons. And she's a presenter and there's two detectives on the show, Detective Dan and Detective Dave. They basically talk about cases. They change names and things so that, you know, people's identities are protected. But it's it's basically about small town cases. And it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. Another one that I'm listening to, which, like I say, is not my normal kind of thing at all. I started listening to a podcast called Nightlight. Night is not spelt like in the dark of night it's night as in like night in shining armor mm-hmm. it's actually they review horror movies three guys and yeah they just have chat and a laugh and they review horror films and i listened to the one about Candyman a couple of days ago because i absolutely loved that film when i was younger it's one of the best horror films i think i've seen and today I just listened to the one about Psycho because I'm on a bit of a Hitchcock role at the moment. I just watched Vertigo tonight for the first time. And I love Psycho. It's like one of my all-time favourite films. So, yes, I just listened to the podcast about that. So that's really good as well and I'm really enjoying it. Apart from that, I haven't read any new books yet. I have, as usual, a list of stuff that I want to get started on. In terms of what I've been watching... I just started watching that documentary about Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein, last night. So I watched, I think, the first two episodes last night. 
interesting because you've been watching that as well haven't you yeah we've been watching that that's what I was gonna say uh, so disturbing I mean I knew a lot of it from the news and you know just from kind of looking at the coverage and stuff like that but it's just really disturbing some of the people that he's linked to as well some of the kind of high flyers that went to his island that obviously we know some of them are known to be criminals for one Harvey Weinstein was there but we've also got Trump Clinton was there and it just really weirds me out thinking that all these highly placed um, really well connected men with these more unfortunate tastes in life had such control and power over really vulnerable young teenage girls it's just really really upsetting I mean it evoked all the things in me that I knew it would and I did go in knowing that it was going to really upset me and infuriate me but I still wanted to watch it and I'm really glad that I did that's something that I've been been looking at also as a result of a lot of the protests that have been going on I've been downloading some books to kind of further educate myself I think you know we, we spoke about this the other day but the one that I have on my phone at the minute um, is called Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race by Rennie Edo Lodge it's a Sunday Times bestseller and it's meant to be absolutely amazing I don't think people can do enough to educate themselves so if there's something I recommend is put yourself out of your comfort zone and maybe you read something that you either normally wouldn't that was my view I think we talked about this the other day but I have that on my list of things to read and which I'm going to pick up next because I'm very aware that I am both ignorant and privileged and need to need to do more and I, I read a really important thing online which kind of struck a chord with me and it said it's not enough to be non-racist. You have to be anti-racist. And I was like, do you know what? I've never thought about it in that sense before. But actually, it makes a lot of sense because I feel that that is probably the only way that we're going to see change. Yeah, there is one that, that I saw on Instagram. The tag was Mr. Ahmed Nurali. And it said, it's a privilege to learn about racism instead of experiencing it your whole life. That's so true. I can never, ever fully understand, but I'd like to think that if I can try and learn as much as I can, then hopefully I can be a better ally and do do whatever I can. We can, but try. Anyway, yeah. So that's that's what I'm trying to do. And it's something that I'm, I'm really looking forward to reading. I like books that challenge me. I like, oddly like that feeling of being uncomfortable. I know what you mean. I found that a lot during my psychology degree. There was a lot of times where we were looking at experiments or looking at personality types or types of trauma or, or, you know, and when you feel that kind of unease when something sits with you that you you know you identify with and it really forces you to look at yourself and challenge the things that you've always believed and why you've believed those things. I think it's a really healthy thing to do. And yeah, it can be uncomfortable, but it's never going to be as uncomfortable as it has been for the people that have experienced this for so many years. So but but then again, that there's a part of that that makes me feel guilty that it's taken me so long to get around to reading some of these things or the fact that I'm experiencing personal growth as a result of a tragic event that shouldn't have come to that for me to have to pick up some of these books. I've always tried to educate myself on these things, but there's no real excuse. Yeah, I've been busy. Yeah, I work. Yeah, I have a lot of other stuff on my plate, but it's more important than that. And if I ever want to have children and raise them and have them understand the world, yeah, I just feel like it's something that I'm really come to terms with that I need to 
get my shit together, basically. I agree. Definitely agree. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So what cases have, uh, have you got for us this week, Emma? This is another case that was suggested by one of the lovely members of the Edinburgh Gossip Girls group. Her name is Jenny Bruce, and it's about the mysterious death of Saima Ahmed. Are you aware of this case? Don't think so. No, see, I had I'd heard of it, but I didn't know a great deal about it. And to be honest, having looked online, there isn't a great deal about it. I even tried to go down some of the more obscure kind of Reddit uh, rabbit holes and did a lot of weird Googling, you know, different terms to try and get a bit more information. But actually, there's a bunch of articles, kind of mainstream articles, and there's not a whole lot else. So hopefully we might get some more information. If people listen, they might know more, they might remember it, or they might remember some information. Saima Ahmed, she was 36 years old in August 2015 when she disappeared. So initially it was just a disappearance. She was last seen on CCTV on Platform 1 of Wembley Central train station in London on the 30th of August. That was 2015. Her family reported her missing shortly after this. It wasn't until the 9th of January 2016 that was any update in the case, so several months later. It was over 400 miles away on the outskirts of Edinburgh, a skull was found at the edge of Goberburn Golf Course. When police went to investigate that, they found other parts for remains scattered across the 7th, 8th and 9th holes of the golf course. The official autopsy report stated that her cause of death couldn't be determined. And there's a quote from the courier. So the quote says, Police Scotland believe Ms Ahmed died close to the time she was reported missing at the end of August, but post-mortem tests have resulted in an unascertainable cause of death. Very bizarre. Saima was divorced at the time of her disappearance and she lived with her parents. She was a part-time librarian and she loved spending time with her family. According to her family, she had no known ties to Scotland and absolutely no reason to travel there. She was meant to be at work on the day that she vanished. It's not known exactly which route she took by train. There's kind of spotty CCTV sightings along the way, but then some was deleted as well. So like the Edinburgh Waverley CCTV had been deleted by the time it got to January and they were trying to work out because they obviously didn't know where she'd gone. Um, So they were trying to do a lot of this retrospectively. The CCTV that they did find from Wembley Station, she only had a handbag on her. So she didn't have a bag, she didn't have any a weekend bag or anything like that. It's literally just her handbag that she had on her. So Sayama was an Asian woman, about five foot five inches, medium build, shoulder length, straight dark hair and dark eyes. And she was last seen wearing a long, dark v-neck top and black trousers, shoes and a jacket. There is one sighting of Sayama in Edinburgh, although it is unconfirmed. A member of the public reported to police that they saw and spoke with Simon on Portobello Beach on or around the 31st of August. There was a man walking his dog and he said that she was walking alone 
closely matched her description about 10.30 on a Monday, probably the 31st of August, although the exact date is unknown. She told him that she was up for London for the day because she wanted to see the beach, but she would be returning home that night. And this was at half past 10 at night? Portobello Beach, for anyone who's unfamiliar with it, is about three miles from Edinburgh's main train station, Waverley, but it's in the opposite direction from Gogerburn. Where she was found? Yeah, where she was found eventually. So Gogerburn is actually towards the airport west of the city, and Portobello is east and on the coast. Really, you wouldn't go one way to get to the other in any way, shape or form. The following year, so I think it was pretty much bang on the the anniversary of her disappearance, her brother, who's called Sadat, visited Gogoburn Golf Club to make a fresh appeal for information. I've got a quote from The Sun. The Sun quotes him as saying, she's a very caring person, so we have no idea why something like this would happen. Her disappearance was completely out of character, so that's why we were worried from day one. It's difficult to come back here after a year still not knowing too much about what had happened. She was a loving and caring person from a close family. We've been struggling since. It's been difficult without having any answers and it's been difficult to find closure and move on. Simon's sister, Saika, spoke to the Mirror saying the 36-year-old divorcee was happy and had been looking forward to a lot of things before her disappearance. She'd be buying new clothes, going to the gym and they thought that she was maybe trying to find a new love in her life. She'd also stopped wearing her hijab as well partly because the doctor had said that she had a vitamin D deficiency, so she was trying to give herself more exposure to the sun. But apparently, Saika and her mum had asked Saima, oh, have you got a new man on the scene, that kind of thing. She said no, but she may not have wanted to tell them if she did. Sure. Saima's sister also said, why wake up suddenly, take off and say, I'm going to kill myself, and why Scotland? We couldn't imagine that's where she'd be found. So obviously that was one of the theories that had been raised at the time that um, perhaps she had mental health issues and she was going to kill herself. Everywhere that I've seen says, you know, that had been considered, but there was nothing diagnosed. And also the family said she was saving to buy a house. Um, she had picked up her work rota. You know, there's different things that she'd done. And also just like going to the gym, making doctor's appointments, things that planning for the future, looking after her health, that kind of thing, which to be too blunt about it you probably wouldn't bother about if you were thinking about committing suicide I can't imagine that you would be concerned enough about making sure you were getting enough vitamin d mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I can't imagine that being a concern if you if you were in that state of mind and working out at the gym very strange now I just want to take a minute to tell you about the toolbox scotland they're located in Dalry in Edinburgh, a short walk from Haymarket. They sell loads, hand tools, power tools and garden tools at very competitive prices. They also have a website with free delivery on orders over £80. They sell a large range of brands, DeWalt, Craig, Makita, Stanley, Triton, Draper, Silverline, many, many more. They're open from Monday to Saturday if you want to stop by or you can have a look online at their website, which is thetoolboxscotland.co.uk. That's thetoolboxscotland.co.uk. Sadat, her brother, raised the theory that she could have met with foul play. He said, 
she's possibly met the wrong person or had an arrangement to meet someone that's gone wrong. That's why we're appealing for anyone who saw Saima that they might have seen her with someone. So the family seemed to think that she was perhaps looking for love again. Maybe she came to Scotland to meet someone without telling them. And that article in the mirror, I mean, it could just be a bit of a clickbait headline, but it said that the family believed that she'd been murdered. Nowhere in the article did it really back that up or kind of provide any more information. But that's what it was put down as. It's interesting to note that the day that she was last seen, unconfirmed, but the day she was last seen was the final day of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which might help to jog somebody's memory. Just if, you know, they remember doing specific things on that day. Mm -hmm. Police also said that if she did go to Portobello Beach, it's likely she would have had to take public transport or even a private taxi. So if people were to look at the picture, they might, um, they might, you know, think, I remember that lady. They're still looking for information about any sightings of Saima in and around Edinburgh between the 30th of August and when she was found. However, because of the state of the remains, i.e. skeletonised, they do think that she passed away very soon after she arrived in Edinburgh. The reason for the remains being scattered is been hypothesised to be wildlife. I wondered. Yeah, but I'm guessing because of the state of the remains, they, you know, obviously they wouldn't do any toxicology they wouldn't have any flesh to to tell if there's any wounds or anything like that the thing that you said before that really got me was maybe she had decided to fly home maybe she you know she I don't know maybe got a cab or got a lift thought she was getting a lift out to the airport and someone that knew that Gogo Burn was there did something to her that's totally unfounded but it's just something that popped into my head like why go out that way? Or, you know, obviously people, a lot of people work at RBS Gogoburn. Was it someone that worked there or was a member of the golf club there? There's also a gym there as well. How, how would they know? Yeah, I mean, when you said that she was found at Gogoburn, that automatically made me think that she was heading to the airport. Mm. But, I mean, you said that she was spotted in Portobello at half past ten at night. Yeah. So she presumably would have had to travel to the airport after that time. Yeah. And what year was this? 2015. So 2015, she would have been able to get on a tram Mm -hmm. all the way out to the airport Mm -hmm. from, where do they run from, Leith? No, they they run from York Place. York Place. (laughs) Still city centre, it's still a good few miles away. Do you have more information to give or are we are we cool to get into discussion here? Yeah, not really. That is that is all the information that they have. Unfortunately, there's no known reason. What is what's completely baffling for the family and for both the Metropolitan Police and Police Scotland is they have no idea why she would be in Scotland, in Edinburgh at all whatsoever. Not a clue. They there was actually um there was a complaint opened and kind of misconduct charges. I don't think anything really, really came of it, but the family were complaining that it wasn't taken seriously enough when she vanished at the start. However, what I would say is I don't think they, it would have really made a huge amount of difference because they never expected her to go to Scotland. And even after she was found in Scotland, they had no reason for her being there at all. And I, I completely understand it must be horrific if you're 
one of the family members of a victim or you know a missing person and you feel like it's not being taken seriously it must be horrific but actually I don't know how much difference it would have made in this instance do you know what I mean yeah so you said that she originally from Wembley Mm -hmm. yeah so so she went from Wembley so she was supposed to be going to work so she was on her own Mm -hmm. with just her handbag yep what you'd expect if she was going to work but she travelled from Wembley by train to Scotland, patchy CCTV of her. You think that she probably went via Hemel Hempstead and Birmingham. Right. And then they think that she was spotted at half past ten on Portobello Beach Mm -hmm. that night, saying that she, she just came to see the beach and she was going home that night. But she was alone, presumably, then. Yep, she was alone, walking alone. So if she if she travelled from Wembley first thing in the morning when she was supposed to be on her way to work, for example, she would have been up in Edinburgh. It would have taken about five, six hours, say. Say mid-afternoon at the latest. Something yeah. Like that. So what on earth has she been doing between the time that she arrived and half past ten when they think she was spotted at Portobello Beach? What the hell has she been doing all that time? Hang on a second. I think... Yeah, so actually it was the Sunday that she disappeared what what well, did she, she work as part-time librarian libraries aren't open on Sundays are they I think she was also a part-time shopkeeper most sources state that she's a part-time librarian but she was also a part-time shopkeeper in other sources I presume it didn't say that whether she used train to travel to either of these jobs no no so on the Sunday she was seen at the train station with just her handbag Mm-hmm. she travelled, do you know what time she was seen at, at Wembley train station? Yeah. Did it give an indication? It was first thing in the morning. So first thing in the morning. So yeah, so it still stands that she would have been in Edinburgh by, like you say, late late afternoon, at the, at the latest late afternoon. So she travelled from Wembley in the morning, travelled up to Edinburgh with nothing but a handbag, and they think that it was her that was seen and spoken to at Portobello Beach at half past ten that night. She left her Oakington Manor drive home at 8.30am, walked to Wembley's High Road, where she was captured on CCTV at 9.57am. She withdrew an undisclosed sum of money at an ATM, and her remains would later be found with her handbag and cash nearby. At 10.08am, she was snapped on CCTV entering Wembley Central Railway Station and then she had boarded a London Overground service bound for Watford Junction. They believe she got off the train at Watford Junction and boarded a service to Northampton at 11.06am and they think that she went on to Edinburgh from there. So she just decided potentially to take a random day trip to Edinburgh but nobody knows why. And was the only indications that her family thought she might have a new man on the scene was the fact that she'd recently just started working out at the gym and the reason for her stopping wearing her hijab was because of the vitamin d discussion that she had with her doctor was that really the only reason then that her family thought that she might have been interested in, in a man it appears to be so she certainly hadn't mentioned anything her sister and her mum had asked her outright and she had not disclosed um, anything no not at all that is so so bizarre yeah it's absolutely the strangest thing yeah i mean like i say the only thing that can makes me think you know, Gogerburn would make me think that she was heading to the airport. Or someone that worked there took her there. 
But even yeah. then, it'd be so hard to, to narrow that down because RBS Google Burn's massive. Why would they take her there late at night? Because they know there's is a huge area. Like it's, and it's secluded. Yeah, it's really secluded. You can, and you can drive right into the more secluded parts because I've been to a conference there and you can absolutely drive. I think it's Gogerstone Roads. You just kind of drive around the grounds more or less because it was an old state, you know, it was an old estate. Right. So, yeah, she was she was essentially could have been just dumped there. However, we do have to acknowledge the fact that somehow she could have decided to commit suicide there. It seems highly unlikely that she would have known to go there to do it. And why would she go there to do it as well? Why would she travel so far? Why would she be taking a gym membership? Why would she be concerned about whether she was getting a sufficient amount of vitamin D? So there was an investigation which wasn't very good. Some officers faced some misconduct hearings, disciplinaries, charges, no? They had no further action taking, but they were given advice and a written warning. And so uh, presumably the investigation is still open? It appears that they're not really doing anything about it because they don't have any more information. But the last uh, the last information that I can see online is the brothers' appeal for information again in 2016. And in that appeal, he does say that you can submit any information to the police, either the Metropolitan Police or Police Scotland. Mm-hmm. So... It was a missing person inquiry. Clearly, the missing person inquiry has been closed. Uh, she was actually identified by DNA. I don't know if I said that earlier, um, but that's how they managed to identify, identify her. At that her. Time. Yeah. And how long after she went missing was she found? Four Before, months. Four months. And when they did find her, she was the the remains were it was just skeleton. Yeah. I mean, I think if it's a completely secluded area, I can understand why they would think that wildlife would be responsible for the scattering of her remains. Yeah. Definitely. I think, I think also, you know, the fact that the last known sighting of her was the day after she left. And then obviously when her remains were found, they were skeletonized through whatever means. It does sound like it may have happened pretty quickly after because you would have thought there would have been some other contact from her. There's no information to state whether they checked her phone records. I'm presuming they would have done at the time. However, one of the, the points of complaint that the, the family raised was that they offered like her laptop over and things like that. And the police weren't interested in looking at them. Mm. And the, the family had to request CCTV on several occasions that the police didn't seem to want to request. So they just felt like it really wasn't treated as it should have been. It wasn't classified as high risk enough so there was an investigation it does seem like they've been reprimanded but there hasn't really been any proper backlash as a result of it and presuming since then they've looked to the phone records and things like that and that may also have led them to believe that it's happened pretty swiftly especially for everything that she owned was found with her you know her phone should have been there too what did you say about the last sighting of her was the day after she went missing yeah. On the Monday? Yeah, that's right. What what was that sighting? Did, did, I must have missed that earlier. So that was that was the Portobello sighting. It was on the Monday. Oh, the Monday night? No, well, it says half ten. I don't know what time it was. Oh, I think it, it doesn't say a.m. Okay. I think it could have been in the morning. It only says 10.30 on a Monday, possibly the 31st of August, although the exact date is unknown. Spoke with the women. 
on the beach, walking alone, matched her description. She was up from London. She wanted to see the beach. She was going back down that day, which I can completely understand why someone would remember that. Because if someone said to me, I've come all the way up from London to see the beach, and yes, it's a nice beach, but it's certainly not worth coming all the way from London just to view. And There'd be back. much better beaches that she could have travelled to, Yeah, that she could have seen Portobello is not a nice beach. No, no. And to say, and I'm going back the same day. So that's the other question that the police had was, did she stay in a guest house the night before? You know, where did she stay that evening? Because she's got, you know, from Sunday morning, fair enough, we don't know exactly what time she arrived in Edinburgh, but she got there somehow at some point. And then she's seen the next day in Edinburgh. And then she's not seen again until the remains are found. Completely bizarre. Very, very bizarre. Like an old school murder mystery. You know, it's just so odd. This is the kind of case where I feel like if they're not going to do much investigation and not going to do much with it, I wish that they would just give the case file to people like you and I, Emma, Mm -hmm. so that we could investigate it ourselves and come up with a theory and pass it on. I think the thing that really upsets me, though, is that you know, it was automatically assumed by a lot of people that, oh, she's probably come to commit suicide. Why travel over 400 miles to do that? And also when they commit suicide, is there not usually some sort of note left? It's not very common for there to be some indication even though, even yeah. beforehand. Mm-hmm. I know, to be fair, there are a lot of people that they say, I had no idea, you know, I didn't think they were going to commit suicide. I do get that. But to travel that distance but not to a suicide spot, I unfortunately live very close to the fourth road bridge which is a really well publicized actually it's not well publicized because of the amount of suicides that happen there any suicides that happen at the fourth road bridge are now kept out of the press to try and stop it from being glamorized and for people thinking that if they do take their lives there that it's going to get any coverage unfortunately we do see helicopters and ambulances and if you see them traveling without their lights on going down that way you know that unfortunately they're going to retrieve someone oh that makes sense from when i lived in doggy bay yeah so it's a very um we always we saw helicopters often and yeah. we were like what are they doing why are mm-hmm. they here and it was always late at night as well yeah. we were like yeah. i just never ever clicked it's really difficult because it's, it's heartbreaking to know that it happens so often but it's kind of a stark reminder like to keep your own mental health in check as well for yeah. sure but yeah so I, I just think that a lot of people if they were going to travel somewhere to take their own life they would probably do it somewhere not on a random golf course kind of in the middle of nowhere absolutely you said as well because of the way the remains were when they were found that they weren't able to establish the cause of death I don't think they found all the remains either. That was that was the unspoken implication. Right. So once again, wildlife obviously yeah. would make that an issue. I cannot imagine my sister, for example, going missing, turning up 400 miles away somewhere that she'd never spoken of, never shown any interest in going, never been to. We don't have any family from there. She's not going to work there. She's meant to be at work that day. It's odd. You know what? It kind of does sound like maybe she went to meet someone. It does sound like that, definitely. It feels like the only plausible real... option. Yeah, it feel, does feel like the only plausible explanation that she wasn't on a just a random jolly of a day trip for herself, especially if she stayed overnight. 
Mm. You know, I could maybe understand perhaps if you were going to work one day and were like, oh, do you know what? Just really want to sack off work today and go on a bit of a jaunt. I can't imagine going like 400 miles, but, you know. They never stated it, but I'm presuming she didn't call in because that's part of the, you know, that's part of the narrative is that she was meant to be at work. She was headed to work. So she clearly didn't call in sick either. I just think, was it something to do with the festival? So then you wouldn't have waited to the end of August to come up for the festival. I don't know. There's someone, someone knows something. Someone knows why she was there. They know she, that she was there to meet them. Why was she loath to tell anyone who she was meeting? I really honestly wouldn't be surprised if it's someone that's familiar with Goga Brown for one reason or another. Have they worked there? Have they played in the golf club? There's the, like I said before, there's a gym there. Have they worked in the gym? Have they been a member of the gym? Maybe they're a taxi driver that goes to the airport a lot and knows of that. Maybe they live in the area. You would need to know it. You're not yeah. going to fall into Goga Burn Golf Club. No, because that's the thing when we were talking about, I've never been to Goga Burn. So I, I wouldn't, I don't know anything about it. I wouldn't know how to navigate it or anything and like you've that. probably driven past it a thousand times. Oh, yeah, definitely, because I, I used to work really close to it, mm-hmm. but never even been near it, would have no idea. So there's, yeah, like you say, there's certainly somebody knows something. You drive into Gogoburn, there's like two kind of main entrances. There's main entrance at the the bit where the buses go, which is kind of how you get into the, the main, I think they call it the main street. It's all indoors, but it's like the RBS main street thing. It's got little shops and stuff like that. And then there's another bit, another junction further up that you can go in. You can go left to kind of a lot of the main buildings. And if you go right, it takes you to the, the takes you around to the golf course and the gym. And then there's like the conference bit and all that kind of stuff. There's, I think there's maybe one or two other little buildings, but generally that's all wilderness and kind of there's the manicured golf course. But then there's also some woods and bits and pieces like that. So you would don't think you'd find it by accident because it doesn't really it's not it's not really signposted it's not really like you wouldn't drive through it to go anywhere yeah yeah definitely it does sound like someone knows something so how can people get in touch if they have any information that will help police you can contact the metropolitan police or you can contact police scotland if you are in the uk it's 101 which is the non-emergency number i presume if you contacted crime stoppers you could do that online anonymously as well and find their details online. Or do you know the do you know the number off by heart? I don't I think I do You have it. <laughs> Got it on my phone. <laughs> I'm kidding, I don't. <laughs> Remember some of you used to have it on our phone? Me and my sister. Oh. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> we used to always have it on our phone. Oh, we always used to joke about having um childline in our phone. <laughs> <laughs> Even when we were like twenty. <laughs> I think it's 0800 treble five double one double one or something. That does sound right. Let's let's not be lazy and just Google it, Emma, for God's sake. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Treble five treble one. Holy moly, you are ridiculous. <laughs> okay, if you have any information about the mysterious death of Saima Ahmed and you would like to give some information to the police, you can do so. You can contact Metropolitan Police or Police Scotland on 101, which is the non-emergency number. If you want to do it anonymously, for example, if you have a tip and you feel uncomfortable identifying yourself, you can always contact Crime Stoppers. That stands for any of the cases that we cover. Their number is 0800 555 111, or you can go online and do that on their website also. 
And that's the case of Saima Ahmed. It's completely baffling. I don't. We don't have a huge amount of information. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of it is speculation. And yeah, I just really feel for the family and hope that one day they can get some information as to what happened. So, Joanna, thankfully that wasn't a horrifically depressing one this time. But nevertheless, I'm hoping you have a fun true crime fact for me. I do. So my true crime fact is, did you know Cowboy Bob was known for robbing banks without a weapon and escaping within 60 seconds? So the cops eventually caught Bob, who was actually a middle-aged woman in a hat, sunglasses and fake beard named Peggy Jo Tallis. After serving her prison sentence, she robbed another bank, got caught by police, pulled out a toy gun and was shot dead having never once used a weapon for her crimes. Wow, that's amazing. I love her. I know she's a criminal, but I kind of love her. (laughs) Do you want to hear something sad? There was actually an episode of Criminal about this, which I listened to a little while ago. What was actually quite sad about it was, I believe that the reason she started robbing banks was because she looked after her elderly mother and the medication was expensive and she couldn't afford it. Which is why she started robbing banks. Apparently, when the detective caught her and he was talking to her, he was thinking that she was hiding the the man who they, they mentioned was Cowboy Bob. Because actually, in the, the CCTV, they realised that he had his cowboy hat on back to front. And then when he was talking and he says, oh, you know, who who's in the house or who's in the car or whose car is it, whatever. She said, it's just me. It's just me. But he wasn't clicking. He just thought she was hiding for somebody. <sighs> And then I remember him saying that he realised that she had white bits in her hair and it was spray or glue or something, basically from a disguise. And he realised at that point the penny dropped that actually she was Cowboy Bob. So she was the person that was was robbing banks. And when she was eventually caught, she well, she was shot and killed. She basically tried to get away in like a really old banged up RV, which was struggling up the hill. <laughs> So she had her foot down and it was like oh. just just going up the hill really slowly. She'd been better getting out and running. <laughs> yeah. Cops were behind her and she actually had, I remember them saying she actually had a loaded weapon in that the RV, but she didn't want to hurt anyone. So she just came out with like a toy gun and they obviously shot oh, her. Oh God, that's so they, sad. They shot and killed her because obviously they thought she had a weapon. And then they, they realised that afterwards she actually had a proper weapon in the RV, but she chose to bring out a toy gun because she didn't want anyone to get hurt. Oh, Joanna, that's not a fun fact. That's a sad fact. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut all the latter stuff out and I'll just leave it as a fun bit. <laughs> if you have a case that you'd like us to consider covering, you can contact us by email. Our email address is info at murdershespoke.net. We are on Twitter, MSS underscore pod, Instagram at Murder She Spoke Pod, and you can find us on Facebook, Murder She Spoke Podcast. Thanks very much, and we'll see you next week. Bye.